Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Yui. Over 100,000 claims taken care of every year. Now that's an impressive stat. For a better insurance experience, think Yui. Welcome back to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Round 18 team lists are upon us. The cavalry is here. The reinforcements are back. Chris Kennedy in the studio with Don Brock. And I think we're both pretty happy to see a number of big names, particularly in the wing fullback position, returning. very happy, CK. We're into the home stretch. The buys are done. Most teams have stopped resting their origin players, although there's a few exceptions we'll get to. Most not all, yep. Uh, Yeah, but most of the big names are back. We've got... You know, full lineups of 17 players, thank God, with uh, mm. some big name fullbacks back. So, yeah, for the most part, it's uh, it's good news this week, I think. It's fantastic news. We'll start off with the Thursday night teams. The Broncos hosting the Bulldogs up at Suncorp Stadium. Broncos produced some monster scores last week. Um, helps when you get an extra 10 minutes of game time. Uh, not sure where to start with this one, so let's start with Anthony Milford, who was in my team for about two weeks before he got a long-term injury and I sold him, and then he was back a week later. Yeah, we both uh, traded him out a few weeks ago. I'm not sure if we're you know, necessarily the best people to be talking <laughs> after that trade, but um, yeah, his injury turned out to be much less serious than uh, you know feared at the time, and his switch to fullback is actually helping his scores, if anything. I mean, that, that game, as you mentioned, 90 minutes, and it was kind of action-packed, so... Mm. There were some massive scores from a lot of players. From both teams, five eighties or something. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Milford had um, a lot of run meters, a lot of tackle breaks, and his usual kick meters as well, more than normal almost. Um, It probably helps that uh, even though he's playing fullback, the Broncos don't really have any genuine halves in that team. Mm. They've got uh, Darius Boyd playing six and uh, Turpin playing seven, who is a fullback and a hooker. So that neither of them kick that much. So Milford still does all the kicking. So, yeah, in the short term, at least until uh, Tom Dearden comes back, you'd expect Milford's kick meters to still be very high. And if he gets a few breaks and stuff at the back, he should score well. Uh, likely to become dual position after next after this week as well, yep. I think. So uh, it's after round 18. So we, once the round 19 teams drop on Tuesday, I believe, is when the... There'll be a bunch of yeah. dual position updates, yeah. So he looks like a pretty good buy for the run home at this point. Um I mean, it's one big game. The game before, he scored 44 or something, which is fine. But, uh, mm. yeah, that 99 looked pretty promising. Payne Haas is the other one. He's now top scorer in, in terms of average scores of any Best player. average for the year, yeah. It's incredible. Which Cap- is Genuine captaincy territory for fantasy. Obviously, the, the big minutes and the try help, but he's, uh, he's not putting out any bad scores. A um, few changes in the back line. It turns out that Herbie Farnworth mm. was the correct answer to the question, who's more likely to hold their spot between Herbie Farnworth and Xavier Coates? Probably um, wasn't the case except for the Shibasaki injury and Farnworth being preferred as a, a centre over Coates, who probably had a few dusty moments in defence. Yeah, he played week. out in the centres, didn't he? Coates well, they ended the... up naming, yeah, they named Farnsworth, Farnworth at centre and Coates on the wing and they played the opposite. Yeah. Um, and defensively, he was a bit of a liability coach, mm. so not a huge surprise to see him out of the team. Um, bad luck, I guess, if you got him, although you probably anticipated him being a, a non-player at some point. So mm. no big loss, but you know, good news if you're on the Herbie bandwagon. A few he more points this week. A, a few more points, yeah. They take on the Bulldogs, who now haven't lost in a month, which is um, incredible. some bright news for their fans. Two wins and a bye in, that, uh, in the last three weeks. Um, Fantasy-wise, Will Hapawati is the surprise yeah. weapon in the um, the centre position. He really gets through a lot of work for a centre. Mm. Um, it's very similar meters. to playing the, the same role he played at fullback, just yeah. heaps of hit-ups and a few busts and offloads and away you go. Yeah, so um, 
he's probably the best of them at the moment. Tolman was a borderline keeper. He's out with a rib injury, so um, yeah, probably one to upgrade anyway. Yeah, Maybe definitely forty high forty scorer rather than a fifty something scorer. So that's about it, I think, from the Bulldogs, despite their new winning streak. Yeah, yeah. No, I literally uh, can't see anything else there um, that would entice you to be buying Bulldogs at the moment. Friday, the early game is the Warriors up against the Sharks. Um, Warriors, the other aforementioned team who took part in that 90-minute draw, had some monster scores. Roger Tuovasa-Shek, the all-time run meters record, going back as far as we've been counting run meters, which I think is 20-odd years, Mm -hmm. Um, 367, without any, you know, 100-meter tries or anything either. So it was just um, massive, massive work rate for him. Um, Jazz Tavanga, I know a few people, we still got fairly low ownership. A few people jumped on him once um, Tohu Harris got hurt. And uh, other than the, the game before this one where he got a couple of injuries, he's had two really, really yeah. big scores. Yeah, so he's always been a good you know, points per minute player off the bench. Um, last year was the uh, interchange player of the year. Yep. Um, was scoring 50s last year off the bench in like 60 minutes. And, mm. and this year he's playing close to 80 minutes. He played 90 in that game. Yeah, helps. Uh, made 72 tackles, had like 20 something hit-ups as well, mm. runs. So 180 metres to go with yeah, that. Yeah, huge numbers. So crazy work rate. Yeah, so in the short term, at least, he looks like a, a genuine, absolute gun. Um, the question is, when Toho Harris does come back in a few weeks, as we've mentioned, uh, will Tavanga go back to the bench with Adam Blair going back to lock? Who knows? I mean, he's playing so well. He's such a valuable kind of player at the moment. You save an interchange as well. Maybe they will just leave him there, but... You know, no guarantees, so kind of an awkward buy at this point, although in the next two or three weeks you should score quite well. Mm. Um, that's probably about it. Lachlan Burr's been a sell for a while. Isaac Luke had a massive score but isn't a, a buy yeah. moving forward. Um, they take on the Sharks, who just uh, getting hamstring after hamstring after hamstring injury at the moment. Uh, Wade Graham obviously picked one up in origin. Josh Dugan is a, a fresh out. Um, Josh Morris is also out. Copped a nasty whack across the beak. Uh, last week, uh, Andrew Fafita's going okay after his three-week rest. Bronson Sherry was disappointingly quiet. Britton Okora was disappointingly quiet, although we weren't expecting attacking players to go too well in um, Cam's 400th against the, the best defensive team in the comp. Yeah, and especially when they lost those guys to injury. Uh, Morrison Dugan, they had to reshuffle the back line, and I think Sherry moved out to the wing again, and Nakora uh, uh, went out at the centres, and, yeah, and they got thumped. So not a great... Uh, Game for Sharks attacking players, except for Sean Johnson, who played quite well. He ran the ball a lot more than he did the week before. Uh, Scored a try, got 67 points. Uh, There was speculation he wouldn't be picked this week because of he was spotted in a moon boot after last week's game with an ankle problem, but he's named at this point. I guess you expect him to play. It's not unusual for players to have niggling injuries between games and and still back up. So... um, Mm. Yeah, I mean, really promising for those of us who have him that he got a good score. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be panicking too much as yet. And that was against the Storm, one of the better, you know, the, probably the best attacking team in the comp, and they scored 40 points. So yeah. in games that Cronulla win, although their form's been a bit patchy, um, Johnson could score big, and it could be this one against his old team, the Warriors. Mm. Yeah, Sharks v Warriors, pretty much anything could happen. Um yeah, we're assuming Johnson's going to play. If it does turn out to be the high ankle sprain, the syndesmosis, he probably won't. But if it's just a minor low ankle sprain, I've seen heaps of players leave the ground in a moon boot after a game and, and play the next week. So hopefully it's just something minor. Yeah, and it's early in the week. This is a Friday 6 o'clock game. So, so you'll know. You've yeah. got t- time to make changes to your team if necessary. Second Friday game, the Panthers up against the Dragons. Penrith haven't lost in, what, 
two months now almost. It's been six-game winning streak. Unbelievable. Um, and they get Nathan Cleary back after um, being far too good for the Titans last week. And a couple of youngsters in the back line, Brent Naden and Brian Toller, mm. just keep pushing out huge numbers. Um, Dylan Edwards hasn't really been a factor this year, but he busted out a monster as well on the weekend. Yeah, so that was Edwards' best score by a mile this year. It was really disappointing at the start of the year and uh, came good against the Titans team that it must be remembered, you know, was a few days away from having mm. their coach sacked. So they were at their lowest ebb. The Panthers have had a very good knack of coming up against teams either missing big players or struggling uh, in this six-game winning streak. Um, so I don't know how long it's going to continue, but this is winnable as well, obviously, with, with Cleary back. Uh, yeah, those two cheapies that a lot of people picked up pretty much because of their price a few months ago and now uh, adding some good points, which is a bonus. Um, otherwise, Fisher-Harris and Tamo, we've talked about a bit, are the, the two kind of really solid scorers who keep hitting scores in the 50s. And yeah. that's about it. Cleary is an interesting one. I think mm. most people who had him would have sold him by now. So if you're chasing the, the leaders in your league, mm-hmm. he's going to be a bit of a, a point of difference option if you want something a bit different. No guarantees he starts scoring huge straight away or anything, but he's been a really you know, impressive scorer in the past. I think he mm. scored average 60 points a game in the run home last year. So. I was about to say, yeah, he's, um, if you are still sitting on him, it's probably going to be a pretty handy point of yeah. difference type option if they uh, keep their, their form up and he gets the, um, the goal-kicking duties back. They take on the Dragons, who were just incredibly poor mm. last week against Canberra. They um, Some very soft tries and some really uh, flimsy defence. Not sure what's going on there. They've rested Ben Hunt, who had a pretty gruelling origin campaign, playing big minutes at Hooker and making lots of tackles. Darren Nichols comes in for him to partner Corey Norman. Uh, origin guys, I think, mostly otherwise are there. Um, Fantasy-wise, it's pretty much just the Cameron McKinnis show, I think. Yeah, it is. So, as we've said before, um, when the Dragons are struggling, that's pretty good news for Cameron McInnes because he makes a lot of tackles. He actually did a bit in attack as well mm. last week, um, which was rare for Dragons players. So, he's coming off another really good score. Um, excellent buy. You've probably already got two, maybe three hookers in your team, but mm. if you haven't or if you can afford to get another one, then McInnes is a, is a great get for the run home. <laughs> Um, he should score. I'm expecting 60 points a game from here on in, which yep. not that many players can do. And um, Reese Robson, who hasn't really been playing hooker anyway, is now out of the 17 with um, a couple of forwards back. James Graham, uh, named to yeah. return from injury as well. To in begin. The forward yep. pack. Uh, the Roosters take on the Knights at the, uh, the SCG. James Tedesco back is the massive one for fantasy. Certainly missed him last week. His, uh, his good scores are very, very good. Um, it's probably the main one. Yeah, Jake Friend got 73 last week. They're coming off the bench. Um, played big minutes. Yeah, um, scored a try, kicked a 40-20. If yeah. anyone's looking for a hooker and they don't have enough hookers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably not that many. Um, yeah, Tedesco's obviously massive. Most people uh, have him. Um, hopefully he's in for some big scores. Uh, Nat Butcher's been really good recently. People have been interested, but he's back to the bench now, as expected, with Cordner. Uh, starting, so he could still get decent minutes and decent scores, but it's pretty risky at this point to get someone who's not starting. Ideally, everyone you trade in now is either a keeper or, you know, a bargain absolute as cheap as chips. So, mm. at some point in the next year or two or three, Nat Butch is going to be an 80-minute forward who's going to just score a massive in fantasy, exactly. I suspect. But time's not quite yet. 
They take on the Knights, who also welcome back a high-scoring uh, fantasy fullback in Callum Ponga, um, who's been out for a few weeks with a calf injury. Um, very welcome inclusion for many, many fantasy coaches, especially as dual position status covers fullback and the halves. Uh, Mitchell Pearce, uh, after a couple of quiet weeks, he uh, hit back with 55, which is very handy. Anyone else fantasy-wise catching your eye? Uh, not really. Ponga, Ponga's return's bad news for Connor Watson, who's been pretty good fantasy-wise mm. of late. Um, covering fullback recently, was covering hooker, but now Ponga's back and Daniel Levi's back, so Watson's uh, on the interchange, so his minutes could be anything, really. So I mm. uh, can't really expect too many 50-plus scores unless he gets a lot of tackle breaks and a few big runs off the bench. Um, that is basically it. I mean, Clem has been rock solid all year, as we've said. But Pong is the big one. Yeah. Pierce, do we, do we expect more 50s from here on out? He had yeah. a bit of a lean run before that. Maybe not necessarily against the Roosters, although the Knights did smack the Roosters uh, last time out. This is probably a stronger Roosters team yeah. than uh, what the Knights had to contend with last time, and this one isn't. Up in Newcastle, it's in the um, the Trooks' backyard at the SCG, so it might be a bit closer than the the previous game. But um, yeah, I'm backing Pierce to score pretty reliably in the run home. Raiders take on West Tigers Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to this one. Um, had some good scores from Canberra players. Chance equal Clockstat. I'm pretty sure I said this last week, but geez, he loves not being in my fantasy <laughs> team. He's just killing it since I sold him. Um, Josh Hodgson put on a really good score. Yeah. Uh, John Bateman back to form, which is really nice. They're probably the main ones. Yeah, I mean, Bateman's absolute must-have. Uh, Hodgson is always pretty popular when he gets a big score because he's um, a good price compared to other hookers, but... His, uh, his big fantasy scores are kind of rare compared to those other more reliable guys just because they get through more mm. tackles than he does, essentially. So uh, I'd probably still steer clear of him. Um, Nick Kotrick suspended, as I think you said. Um, but, yeah, Bateman's it. Um, CNK's uh, in great form, obviously a good scorer, but probably closer to a 40, 45 points game player on average compared to those real big guns, those three that are coming back. So if you get him, he might end up being more of an 18th man than a, than a mm. keeper if your team's really firing. But, um, yeah, certainly obviously worth holding at this point. Yeah, for sure. So they take on the Tigers. Uh, Robert Jennings is out. Paul Momorowski comes into the back line. Um, Alex Twile and Ryan Madison are still chugging away with some pretty reliable 50s-ish scores in the forward pack. Fantasy-wise, I don't think there's too much else in the uh, the Tigers that you want to look at. I think that is it. Yep. Let's move on. Robbie Farah's been a sell for a while yep. due to the minutes. Uh, Cowboys take on the Rabbitohs, the final game on Saturday. Uh, Scott Drinkwater, I know a lot of people jumped on him, especially with, just given the, the wing fullback crisis and he was uh, sort of mid-tier price rather than primo price. Did not back up his uh, 57 on club debut, only I think it was 25. 25, um, yeah. Bear in mind that was against the Roosters. I know the Cowboys won, but um, Roosters still a, a tough team for, for outside backs to score well against. Um, Jason Tamalolo, only 60 points, what a letdown. Yep. Um, anyone well, else? Lost his mantle of top player to yeah. <laughs> Very disappointing week, I'm yeah, sure. We'll be, be fired up now to yeah. you know, get back in front. Uh, no, I think that's it. Um, yeah, drink water, disappointing. Pointing uh, fantasy-wise, you know, fullbacks will do that. They'll have big games and quiet games. Every chance he has a big one this week. Um, but yeah, now that all the big, big gun fullbacks are back. I would be looking elsewhere. Um, Tumalolo must have. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much sums it up. They take on the Rabbitohs, who are without their contingent of Burgii. Sam uh, got a bit of a setback after surgery. Tom's not quite back yet, and obviously George is out long-term suspended. Um, Adam Reynolds is 
gone a fair while since his last sub-50 score. He's putting out some handy numbers. Um, Braden Burns is back and shown he can pretty reliably get up to 40-odd without really having to do a, a great deal unusual. Um, when he plays Damien Cook, I don't think it was probably his best game, but backing up from Origin still got through plenty of work for a 60-odd score. Yeah, Cook's, again, um, really good captaincy option. Uh, was the best, best fantasy scorer last year. Might end up being it again this year. Uh, see how he goes in the run home. Reynolds, as you said, I think he's got three straight scores in the mid-50s, which is uh, really handy in the halves. Um, he hasn't really had any bad scores all year. I think mm. 41 might be his lowest, but most of them in the high 40s or 50s. Um, Cameron Murray, 49. Yeah, Again, yeah. backing up from Origin, hopefully yeah. a bit of an uptick in his minutes and work rate now that all that's behind him. He's really reliable. Uh, I think that's it. Did I have anything else to mention? No, well, let's go with that. I'll probably about do it. Yep. Uh, Titans take on the Storm. Two pretty wacky team lists. Titans, obviously, as you yeah. mentioned at the top, have parted ways with Garth Brennan. Um, assistants have taken over and they've pulled a few changes. Fan favourite Anthony Don is gone. I wasn't expecting that one. Brinko Lee returns to the back line. Michael Gordon had a, uh, a worrying blood clot in his lower leg. He's now healed and uh, going to make his return by the interchange. Uh, alongside Leilani Lasu, who's a name mm. I haven't heard for a fair while up there, and, and Sam Stone, I think this is his club debut after leaving Newcastle. Could be, yeah. yeah. And um, the big one for anyone who stupidly jumped on Jay Whitbread once Jay Arrow was injured and Whitbread was named to start at lock. He's back at lock, so fingers crossed he, uh, you know, he's still consistently got a great PPM. He just needs the minutes. Yeah, probably a, a week late if you uh, really needed some bonus points in last round where um, Which I did. a lot of players are missing. Yeah, so, I mean, for all those changes, is there anything there fantasy relevant at this point for this team? Um, Fodawaka in the front row for a little while there was looking like a good cut price uh, option, but his scores have trailed off a bit in the last few weeks, so... Was Prob- it sub-30 last week? I think he got, yeah, 29 last week. And so. back to the bench, so um, could be one to avoid. Yes, um, so Jai Arrow's back eventually, but other than that, not a lot to write home about at the Titans. They take on the Storm, who have, now they've gotten through the big milestone, Cam 400, have taken the opportunity to rest pretty much all their Origin players. I think Dale Finucane is the only one. Um, who is playing, Welch obviously suspended, but the other one's all rested. Cameron Munster is the big one from a fantasy point of view. He's one of the most popular halves, one of the highest scoring halves, so he'll be uh, an annoying out for a few people. Um, Anyone else fantasy-wise? I mean, Cameron Smith's still a good captaincy option. The... um the, obviously, what the Storm have done is they, they played everyone for Smith's uh, 400th last week and arresting everybody after Origin. Now, it does almost come across like um, Craig Bellamy's got something in for Garth Brennan the week that he gets sacked. <laughs> they rest all their best players for a Titans home game against the Storm. You know, there's every chance that Titans can cause an upset in this kind of thing. There's weird things happen after coaches get sacked, mm. and especially against a team that's missing a lot of uh, star players. But, yeah, fantasy-wise, um, Smith might be in a lot of action this week without mm. the, uh, most of the Origin guys. Um, I think that's it. Munster, from next week when he comes back, might end mm. up being the best half to have. But, uh, yeah, this round, it's a bit of a, a problem if he is one of your two halves. Yeah. You mentioned uh, games between these two clubs. Was it Titans and Storm on the Gold Coast where the Titans won like 38-36 a couple of years yeah. ago? Something really crazy. Yeah. Um, that was fun to watch. Hopefully this is like that. 
Yeah, it could uh, be a wacky game with a lot of tries. Fingers could. I'll need some tries for Cameron Smith, I think. Uh, final game of the round. Um, probably the most interesting match of the round in terms of ladder position and, and so on, um, and certainly uh, what can happen between these two clubs. Manly and uh, the Eels out at Lotto Land. Tom Travojevic back, which... Um, a lot of us could have used last week, but uh, good to see him back. Uh, Marty Tapao scoring well. Um, Daly Cherry Evans hit back with a really good score as well. So there's a few fantasy talking points here. Yeah, Jake Trebovich as well got 66 last yep. week. Uh, and is, you know, an established gun in the back row. Um, yeah, so all their, all their big guns are, are firing at the moment. Um, hopefully Tommy Turbo comes back with a big score as well. Um, yeah, DCE's again one of those. It's it's interesting the halves this year where there's no individual standout player. He was it at the start of the year, but losing the goal kicking has hurt him a little bit. Although he got a big score last week with 72, so mm. uh, he's amongst the elite halves. Uh, that about does it. Yep, Curtis Sheridan's had some big games, but I certainly yeah. wouldn't call him a, a fantasy buy. Um, they take on the Eels, who, even though they scored four tries and won by 12 last week, it was some pretty dud fantasy scores across the board. Mitch Moses um, killing it at halfback. He's now the, the well, probably been for mm. a couple of weeks the best halfback in fantasy. He's the fourth best player overall, just behind the big three wow. gun hookers, which That's is incredible. Uh, by total points, which is pretty nuts. Um, yeah, Gutho scored bad. Micah Sivo scored bad. Um, Reed Marnie was quiet uh, by his standards. Um, Nathan Brown's probably the other good one who's um, now come back from that pec injury getting back to his uh, traditional work rate so a possible borderline you know, point of difference type keeper for the run home Yeah definitely, so Brown's been an awesome fantasy player in the past, can play 80 minutes uh, at lock, kind of a, a Jazz Devunga type who does a lot mm. of everything um, that was his first really good score since he's been back from injury I think, mm. so um, one to watch in the last few weeks he's been a bit quieter um, it's almost like Reed Marnie had been taking the tackles in the middle that Brown could be, but uh, this week it was the other way around. Brown got 60, Marnie got 37 and uh, got rested for the last five or six minutes. So, mm. yeah, Reed Marnie, if you've still got him, might be one to upgrade. Just with Jamin Salmon on the bench, it didn't yeah. end up, the, the game before last ended up being a factor, but um, he did take, like you said, I think six or seven minutes at the end of him. Yeah, so he's still playing like 73 minutes, but mm. he kind of needs all those 80 minutes. He pretty much scores through tackles and the odd, you know, maybe a little bust from dummy half. Um, he gets a few metres, but tackling is his main thing. And he always has a few missed tackles as well, so if he doesn't get a really big tackle count, yeah, uh, then he won't score, you know, more than forty, let alone fifty or sixty. So, um, yeah, he's into the borderline keeper bracket at this point. And and yet Brown's an interesting one, maybe to keep an eye on in the next few weeks, unless you need a, a back row at this point. Uh, should get into some questions. Why not? It's quite a few still coming through. Uh, I'll start off with Moses Angatoa, who is contemplating selling Britain Nakora for Latrell Mitchell. Um, I would not be selling Nakora. I think Latrell could potentially be due for a bit of an upswing. I think he's going to benefit from uh, Kiri and Cordner back on his edge. He could get some handy attacking stats through the run home. He's already in a heap of teams. He's one of the most popular, I think the most popular centre or second most popular centre. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Mitchell is going to be a lot more up and down. Um, mm. We've seen uh, in games he can not get that involved sometimes, even with the one game that he was uh, amazing earlier in the year when he was getting the best player in the world hype. He only touched the ball seven times. So, um, 
don't be stunned if he scores, you know, 20 points, but he can also score 80s, whereas Nakora is pretty much going to be 30 to maybe 60 or though. Getting a few 60s early on. I think teams yeah. are a bit more ready for him now. He's running those mad lines earlier in the year, and I think coaches yeah. are a bit more prepared surprise. for him now. Back at the start, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you, I don't think I'll be selling Nakora. He's still very handy to play, play to have, very reliable scorer in the centres, so... Mm. Um, I probably wouldn't unless you've got a lot of trades left and everything else in your team is is fine. Yeah, be a handy 18th man as well, covering centre yeah, and, and back row. Definitely. Uh, Paul Burns, is Tao Monga a late-season cash cow or is it even too late to be bringing in cash cows? He had a great season in Brisbane a couple of years ago playing on the left-hand side. Um, he did have a, a handy fantasy year against mm. all expectations a couple of years ago, but he's mostly been a bit of a letdown in fantasy terms, and that's in between being pretty injury-prone as well. Yeah, there's still a lot of flexibility there in that night side. They might want to bring Watson back into six and move Man back in the centres, and then yeah. Tatamonga would drop out. Uh, so his job security is not you know, 100%. And in terms of cash cows, it depends on what your team's setup is, but if you're pretty close to your last 17, uh, like I am, and you haven't got many trades left like I am, then definitely it's too late to get cash cows. So... It, yeah, if you if you need to generate more cash and you have trades to burn, then you can keep looking out for them. But um, most teams, I think, at this point, are more trying to set their team up mm, right now for the run home. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Thomas says, who's more important to upgrade out of Cameron Murray and Mitchell Pearce, and to who? I am holding both of those players. Yeah, same. Um, I don't think you need to upgrade either. Um, Murray should be reasonably solid around low 50s and, and Pierce I think will average around that as well so mm. um, there aren't that many upgrade options that are significantly better so I'd be holding personally Yep, uh, Ryan Viglianti I have Jaden Ockenborough and Hudson Young in my team as I can't find any injury updates about them should I trade them and who would be good buyers um, Hudson Young is not injured I think he has one game left on his eye gouge band so he's available from round 19 onwards mm-hmm. Um, Jaden Ockenbaugh had a, um, a foot injury that looked like being long-term. I think he's pretty much fit again. He actually hasn't played any games back yet in Canterbury Cup or in NRL, but he's close to being available. But whether he actually gets into that Bulldogs team, now they've kind of um, settled down in terms of their, their back line, I'm not sure. And getting a few wins as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and either way, neither of them are, are great fantasy scorers, so... I think mm. uh, they're placed to upgrade if possible. He asked who should I, who are good buyers on similar money, but that's pretty tough at this point. Yeah. 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 Tr- trade one down, trade one up. Exactly. Yeah, get a, a non-player and a, a gun if possible. Yep. Uh, Nick Hudson, thoughts on Bronson Sherry to Manasse Fanu, um, assuming with mm. some uh, reserve or DPP type um, switching around uh, with the aim of making money and upgrading Fanu when Nappy Corusau is back. Happy Coruscant's not too far off. I yeah, think. that move may have been good a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, I think Fino's been scoring pretty well for a while. I don't know how much more money he's got to make. Maybe he does have a little bit, but yeah, if Coruscant comes back quickly, then you're kind of stuck um, with you know mm. possibly a bench hooker. So uh, probably not. I don't hate the idea of trading Sherry if it helps your squad elsewhere some way but yeah he's had a few good scores but hasn't yeah. liked doing it every week at all and he's made a, he's made a lot of cash so yeah but not sure if fine is the the way to go at this stage correct uh alex cleary what to do with jake turpin or you have um 
Nathan Cleary, Sean Johnson, Scott Drinkwater, plus Tabunga and Cook. Uh, also thinking of trading Bronson Sherry to Brent Naden. Is that too sideways? Mm. Uh, okay, so Turpin, um, so he doesn't need, obviously, another half or two halves in there. another hooker. And Turpin's not really a keeper anyway. So, yeah, either upgrade if you have cash or downgrade if you have another player to trade somewhere else. And he does, I guess, in Sherry. Um, mm. Sherry to Naden, I don't know. If you think he's, if you think Naden's going to keep racking up those attacking stats, maybe. But it depends. What if if Sherry's your starting centre? I think Naden as starting centre is pretty risky. Yeah, I don't ideally like you have, I mean, Bateman and Nakora or someone else of that ilk. Um, if you just want a reserve centre, Naden's pretty good on on that front and yeah. pretty cheap. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I'm not too enthusiastic, yeah. but <laughs> trade down and trade up. I think. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Trade one down, trade one up. Uh, John Maloney has eight trades left, which is, I think is uh, pretty handy. That's and team is basically done. That's a good spot to be in. Um, I have Nathan Cleary. Wondering, is it too sideways to go Cleary to Cherry Evans? Well, he's as cheap as he's going to get. Um, yeah, as we said before, I quite like Nathan Cleary as a bit of a point of difference half for the run home. He could go well. Yeah, I certainly, having waited until he's now come back and is named this week, trading him out now, it seems a bit uh, of a waste. And yeah, every chance he outscores DCE this week or in any given week. So I'd hold and, and see how it's um, shaping up in a few weeks. Really handy having eight trades left. Yeah, the that's nice. To finish. Um, Jay writes in, is Reynolds the best option at halfback? His low price tag helps free up other options going forward. Um, could do worse. He's yeah, not. he's one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I kind of feel like there's five or f- maybe five halves that are all good, and if you get two or three of them, then you're doing mm. fine. Um, Pierce and Johnson have been a bit erratic, but um, you know, are doing fine and are in my team, and I'll keep them. Um, uh, Mitch Moses being great, as you said. There's Monster. Reynolds, Munster, DCE. Can't really, you know, Cleary. Yeah. They're all probably as equal chance of scoring 50 or 55 points a game from here on in. Exactly. Uh, Stephen Johnson says, what does Jazz Tavunga's minutes look like going forward? Will he be playing lock? Um, it's probably the Toru Harris factor, right? Yeah, so I think we talked about this last week. He's playing lock at the moment. So uh, at this stage he will. And then Toru Harris, I think he's due back around 21, uh, last I saw. So um, if they go back to how they were set up, uh, in the first part of the year or, or just before Harris got injured it'd be Adam Blair in the 13 uh, Harris in the second row on the edge and Tavanga coming off the bench so that's the risk if you buy him now I guess if you have him you hope that he Tavanga uh, just keeps that spot and um, I guess they put Papa Lee back to the bench or something mm. else Obviously, there is that risk that he ends up on the bench once Torhu's back, which is pretty soon. Yep. Uh, Nathaniel Moore says, uh, Nathan Brown back to keeper status with minutes increasing on the weekend. Uh, signs are good. Signs are good. Um, so he got 60 last week. The week before, he didn't score much. So ideally, if you're buying someone as a keeper right now, you want to be pretty sure they're going to do it regularly. Um, but yeah, he's got the, uh, the credentials. He's been great before for the last couple of years. So... Um, Really good chance. That 65 minutes is the most he's played in a game uh, yet this season. Um, yeah, so if I had to guess, I would say he would score 50 and up per game, but not a guarantee like the Jake Tabojevic's and you know, even Tapao's and these kind mm. of guys. Um, we have a question from Johnny Leary, who I was expecting to hear from this week. So as backstory, uh, Johnny Leary, uh, not in the podcast but on Twitter, was asking me about Daily Chair Evans, and I pointed out that 
DCE hasn't put in a good score since round six and lost <laughs> the goals and was probably a risky option. Um, All true at the time. All <laughs> true at the time. Yeah. He consequently pumped out 72 with, I think, three try assists and a try save. So yeah. plenty of um, bonus stats in there. Uh, and Johnny says, you spooked me off bringing in DC last week and now I can't afford him. Uh, my bad. So Sherry and Marnie out for Pierce and McInnes. McInnes pretty much a must-have. Don't mind it. I like both those trades. I mean, Pierce again, maybe a little bit of risky time to get him. Um, they're playing the Roosters. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he'd had a run of lowish scores, but we both think he should be a keeper. And yeah, McInnes, I think, is going to be a great buy. So um, yep. I don't mind those two upgrades. Looks all very upgrady. I like it. Um, like you said, maybe not uh, staring at Pierce's probable biggest score for the rest of the year this week with the Roosters on offer, but um, should I mean could just as easily outscore DC over the, the run home, really. Yep. Um, anyone else? Are you late entrance? Alex writes in Brian Toto to Tedesco with tried five trades left, or Brian Toto to Braden Burns and then Sherry to uh, a primo hooker with four trades remaining. Ooh, uh, I mean that's all good. Tedesco, I kind of feel like is must have. Um, yeah. But I guess if you've got the other three gun fullbacks, Ponga, Chowovic, Tuvasa, Shek, you can mm. maybe go without. I really like to have Tedesco on my team. Uh, if possible. Especially playing head-to-head when you come up against someone, you see Teddy's in their team and you're just exactly. nervously waiting for the... Yeah, if he explodes, they can kind of decide a head-to-head game. So, yeah. uh, But in saying that, what's his alternative? Burns, who's pretty solid, and, say, McInnes is also yeah. a good combination. Look at what your depth is. So if you've already got backup hookers, but you haven't got a backup wing or fullback, then get Tedesco. Tedesco's, you know, definitely better than Burns. Um, so, yeah, depends on your squad structure I suppose I lean towards the Tedesco option um, yeah t- Tedesco is pretty hard to leave out are we I think all those options involve selling Brian Toto are we in any rush to sell him his break even still 14 50, scoring great as well 54 last week yeah you can have to do this trade a bit later it's maybe have a bit more flexibility potentially um, not urgent for, yeah, yeah purchase options just putting it out there yeah um, that's all the questions have you got your trade sorted this week you must be running close to I'm almost burned right through um, <laughs> yeah I might be getting McInnes myself uh, otherwise my team is fairly set I think yeah I'm um, looking at McInnes myself the only way I can do that is cashing out Jay Whitbread who I just having now bought him I really just want one good <laughs> score to justify having wasted two trades on him but uh, yeah it's um, McInnes and a non-player are definitely um, high on the agenda either this week or next week yeah, I think so. And and especially if you think the Dragons' form's not going to uh, improve, I think uh, he'll have a lot of defending to do. So McInnes looks really mm. solid, um, as long as we don't have too many more injuries in the run home. That you know, mm. Well, mean, that's it. That's the big one. And we have a, had a lot of injuries this year, so fingers right. crossed. Fingers crossed for a good weekend across the board. It's the end of the podcast. Um, if you've got any more questions, hit either of us up on... Twitter, we've got the uh, I think the video review on Wednesday, Lone Scout Q&A Thursday, Late Mail Crew podcast also is Thursday afternoon, and of course all your Late Mail and breaking news across NRL.com through the weekend. Thanks again for joining us. We'll catch you next week.